into positions of hopelessness and helplessness. The government gives them the drugs, builds bigger prisons, passes a three-strike law, and then wants us to sing God Bless America. No, no, no. To Pod Damn America, the very tired sub socialist spooky podcast. I'm very tired today. I don't know. This is one of those ones. Um, hello, I'm Jake Flores. Uh, Anders Lee's here. Anders Lee here. Um, and special guest from Tableverse podcast, Allison Klemp. Hello. Welcome. Uh, how are you doing, Allison? I'm doing all right. Yeah. Everything's really cool this week <laughs> on the damn internet. Um, I can't, uh, tweet right now because I'm suspended for telling someone, die mad, bitch. That's probably a good thing. (laughs) Like, I wish I, I kind of wish I could get banned for just a little bit. I need a break and I can't stop myself. It is a nice cleanse. Um, but what sucks about it is that I, uh, I got written up in, uh, I got written up, but a guy wrote an article in Rolling Stone today centered around something I was talking about on Twitter and he embedded my tweets in it. Uh, and when you get suspended, you can't change your name. And so my name is stuck as maybe as TV writers, maybe don't belong in prison question mark, which is like indecipherable. If you haven't been like following this really specific joke. So like I got a big write up and then people are just going to be reading it and going like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're defending the, TV writers just for that, just from that uh, title alone. Yeah. Well, the joke is that I'm defending them. Right. I actually hate them. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Reason being that, um, <laughs> you know, Twitter is just like a specific place. It's uh, it's not a litmus of like the entire population at all. No. But it is, you know, it is where everyone in the professional like world hangs out, especially like writers and media types and stuff like that. So it's very important to them, and we'll get like probably into this a little bit later, but. Um, something, some fucking, uh, you know, thing a few weeks ago made the argument or it was the statistic at least that, uh, like 19% of Warren's supporters are on Twitter, which is a high number, I guess it's an extremely online, uh, (laughs) group of people. And I think that's probably, in my opinion, seems pretty, uh, symptomatic of like the fact that her, you know, campaign and her appeal was not really like a movement involving something you would refer to as like a community. Like when mm-hmm. we went out and walked around and did canvassing, I, a lot of fucking people on the ground did not mention her. Um, but she's hella mentioned on like on Twitter. And I just kept getting into arguments this last month with people and you would click on their uh, fucking their page and it always said they were a TV writer. Mm-hmm. It was really weird. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess I got mad at them. I said that they belong in prison. But then when she dropped out and, you know, and we all decided we really need to be nice to these people to try to win them over. Um, that's how I got to TV writers. Maybe don't belong in prison. <laughs> but no one knows that. <laughs> um, anyways, um, Anders, uh, you went to CPAC, right? 
Oh, God, yes. Uh, a week ago, I did attend uh, CPAC. There's some coverage that's going to air of it uh, tonight on uh, on Redacted Tonight. Um, yeah, I just did like sort of man on the street stuff, person on the street, mostly men at CPAC. Uh, and it was <laughs> absolutely soul-sucking experience, just like an awful place to be for more than like two seconds. Uh just the world's worst people all assembled in one place. It's just a combination of people who are absolutely craven and self-interested and other people who are just deeply, deeply confused about everything. Um, and the theme this year was America versus socialism, <laughs> which, which is uh, even though, you know, a lot of the people there who claim to be pro-America, as I as I realized, were not wearing flag pins. So that's something I uh, had to point out about them. I, I was wearing a flag pin. Um, <laughs> well, they have to listen wow. to you now. Yeah, I have. Uh, right, I, I have more standing than them in terms of America. Um, but that's what they're against, and it made me think of. I've been reading a really great book by Corey Robin called "The Reactionary Mind" about the conservative movement, and his thesis of the book is that conservatism is and has always been a reaction to the left. So in the left, by that he means emancipatory movements, whether it's for uh, people of color or women or, or workers, uh, any kind of movement that, um, that aims for freedom for people who are oppressed, the conservative position is always to try to react to that, to try to uh, stop it. And that's why they're always they're kind of a perpetual um, identity crisis right now because they've been winning for so long, uh, at least with economics. I mean, things are changing. Uh, yeah, yeah. They're like culturally the Joker. There's nothing left to react to. They can't right. exist without a Batman. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you could also make a pretty similar argument that like the liberal like left, like the you know the Democrats and the the center and all that shit is uh -huh. uh, largely just in reaction to the right. So it's kind of this, like, this Ouroboros type thing where they just, like, need each other. Um, I don't know. I would argue that the left is, the le like, the left. And then, like, um, the when you ask somebody, like, you know, why do you like, uh, you know, Mayor Pete or whatever, it's they just start talking about things that, it, that he isn't doing that Republicans would do. And it's usually the superficial shit because he's basically, like, economically a Republican or whatever. But... Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. That's also like a. Um, they made this point in the Chapo book that it's like a, essentially an identity that's carved out of just not being a Republican or whatever. Right. Right. That's kind of a yeah, a thesis, antithesis thing, uh, just to negate one another. Um, but that's. I mean, right now, I think the the yeah. I mean, as others have pointed out, right now. Kind of the the flashpoint has been uh, the culture wars and you know reacting against SJWs and all that and I think uh, that has been the case at, at places like C CPAC for a number of years now but this year was a little different in that uh, the focus was more on socialism um, because I think they are scared to maybe some of them uh, a little subconsciously about the, the power of a, a, a movement that incorporates economics. Um, and that could potentially peel off some of their their supporters. Uh, 
the one of the people I talked to was a guy who admitted to me that he's most worried about Bernie Sanders. He's not worried about Joe Biden. He wasn't worried about Elizabeth Warren, who at the time was still in the race. He said conservatives make a mistake by sleeping on Bernie Sanders. Uh, I think they recognize that's where I think most importantly, that's where the future is, because young people in America uh, are not only anti-racist, anti-sexist, but by and large, uh, but they're pro-socialism. They don't the capitalism doesn't have positive connotations. And I think they're really worried about that. Uh, the good news for them is like they don't have to think that, that I mean that's kind of a feature of conservatism is not thinking about the future. And the truth is, if if Trump stays in power, there will be no future. We'll be will be done as a species within a matter of uh, decades. You know, next century. Um, but I think for the people who are thinking long term, they are very 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 frightened that the the same old arguments that people used um, during and, and post the Cold War just aren't going to work on, on young people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I definitely talked to some older people about uh, socialism in the last few months who uh, still got that Cold War shit in their head, and they're, like, very frustrated with why young people don't. Um, Bloomberg and his campaign was like, yeah, yo, these millennials, they see socialism, and they, they think it's, like, social media. <laughs> Oh my god, he said that? Yeah, oh right. yeah. He fucking rules. Um, <laughs> he's, he's like so terrible and bad. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I made a fucking point, which is what the, this guy wrote this Rolling Stone article about. Uh, that, um, yeah, I mean, they're going to have to square up and probably talk about socialism at some point because, like, this isn't about Bernie Sanders. Like, he is just the guy driving it right mm-hmm. now. But, um, yeah, all of this shit goes on after him. And I also think that's like a pretty uh, good way to frame it if you're talking to Warren people and trying to win them over because they they keep they worship the candidate they like and they yeah. follow they, they choose their platform based on the candidate, whereas it's the other way around with us. They do the thing that they accuse us of doing. Exactly. They're like right. de- they've like deified her. Everyone is like gonna kill themselves because she dropped out of the <laughs> race and it's like, you guys need to calm down like, yeah i, I tried to tell him like dude if he well you shouldn't tell any woman anything <laughs> let <laughs> well, me do that I'm banned from twitter so we can't yeah just, just dm me the <laughs> that's the only way you can to... talk to women <laughs> yeah i have a series of women that i'm laundering my opinions through to try to get them to, <laughs> to try to get them to the war and people um, I saw this one chick who was like, I'm never going to see a female president in my lifetime. And I'm like, how soon are you planning to die? <laughs> right. There's going to be so many more elections. Yeah. <laughs> There's people alive yeah. that were like, like alive. I think you're in your late 20s. Like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I think, uh, I don't know. I'm not entirely as blackpilled as a lot of other people about this, like, after Super Tuesday, I think it's just turned into a fucking race, and uh, you know anything could still happen. Super and Tuesday also isn't over yet, right? There's still over 150 delegates that haven't been doled out yet. Yeah, and they're, right, they're coming right. in, and the gap is you know thinning, and yeah, um, it's a 79 delegate gap, I think, something like that. Yeah, it's very yeah. Readable. I don't. I don't think the race is over. I still have some uh, great amount a deal, a great deal of hope in in the Bernie campaign, but. The stakes, if he loses, and I know, you know, I share the the uh, importance of not making about just him, but the campaign that he's running, if it fails, 
we we're done. Like Joe Biden, if Joe Biden is elected president, he does not have he is not prepared to take us off carbon in in the time frame that we need to do that. Like we're, we're we need to if that happens, then we're just going to need to completely rethink politics, our relationship to politics, our relationship to elections in the state. Like I think it's uh, electoral politics might be over. But there might be something a little more on the ground coming, if you catch what you're saying. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, I know that that's true, and so that it uh, kind of uh, it kind of actually is down to this fucking guy. But I think that it's important to um, to try to explain to these people who are worried that like we worship this fucking guy that it's not about him. It just happens to be about him. Right. Right. He's he the happen- vessel. He just happens to be the one leading this movement. Yeah. But it's about the issues, and that's I've kind of been doing that. Like when I've been posting and just trying to talk about like the actual issues and not even like saying Bernie's name. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's like selling, uh, selling conservative people on like socialism. You just go up to them and you go, do you want, do you like unions? Do you like the military? Do you want healthcare to be free? Do you like firefighters? And they're like, yes. And they go, do you like socialism? They're like, hell no. You know? So just don't say the fucking word. Do you like highways? Downplay the fucking thing. Yeah. Um, man, but like fucking the war security is fucking socialism. (laughs) The Warren campaign did not do us any favors in terms of like overcoming this part of the process, though, because um, something I noticed the other day was like this term cult of personality gets thrown around all the time. They always accuse us of being this this thing, a COP or whatever. And like I was curious about where that term came from. So I just started Googling it the other day because like I remember that fucking uh, uh, that song by uh, fucking uh, uh, what's the band? Anyway, um, I'll play it on the episode or whatever. But um coin was termed in during the cold war and it was actually khrushchev who said it in 1956 when he was describing like de-stalinization he was uh he was calling stalin and mao like cult of personality and he was describing the top down like uh propaganda or whatever that they you know he's he's framing it as like mind control stuff Mm. and uh so I don't think it's really like a coincidence that this like red scare shit is being used against Bernie Sanders and uh, it's just being like laundered really creatively and now some fucking, uh, you know, some rando ass wine mom is like quoting Khrushchev, you know, <laughs> fucking crazy. Um, but it's not. It's absolutely not. It's a bottom up thing. You well, it's, know? it's also like this like double edged sword because it's on the one hand. We're all part of this cult of personality, and we worship the altar of Bernie Sanders. But on the other hand, he has no control over his rabid supporters. So it's like, <laughs> which is it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean... <laughs> Also, he has so many supporters. How could he control them all? You right. Know? Well, you know he's responsible for all 8 million of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, now they want to introduce a a procedure in which every problematic tweet gets reported to the campaign and a surrogate for the campaign will will admonish the person who tweeted it. Is that real? That's what Elizabeth Warren suggested last night on no Rachel Maddow. Oh, fucking yep. shit. Because that's what they need to be focused on right now and definitely not yeah. talking to real people and winning an election. Maybe Liz can be in charge of that since she has free time now. Right. <laughs> right. She likes to beat people with a whip and shit, apparently. <laughs> Well, uh, today, well, just now, uh, this gives me some some hope. Um, Of course, last night, Nina Turner was on CNN and Hillary Rosen, uh, who is not black, uh, was telling Nina Turner she had no standing to quote Martin Luther King. 
Uh, of course, the quote was about the the white moderate and the inaction of the white moderate uh, and how some, in some ways white moderates are more dangerous than the KKK. Um, and Hillary Rosen was objecting to that use, saying she took took it out of context. Uh, and Nina Turner, um, understandably, was was not happy about that. And <laughs> to put it today, lightly. yeah. And today, just now, Bernie Sanders is actually calling out Joe Biden in a tweet. He added him and said, you must accept responsibility for your surrogate telling our campaign co-chair that she doesn't have standing to invoke the words of Dr. King. Not only that, Uh, but in Hillary Rosen's apology tweet, she said, uh, you know, there's no need to attack these angry black women for being upset for what I said. (laughs) That was her apology. (laughs) Yeah, she gave like a, I'm sorry you feel that way apology. Right. What I think the move now is because that, of course, for five years, uh, there's been this narrative built up, built up, built up. Bernie has on toxic online supporters. There has never been any evidence presented that his supporters are disproportionately more toxic or say more abusive things or do more harassment. Um, I mean, there are more of them online, so maybe there's a case for that. But there just hasn't been any evidence that we're we're disproportionately rude or, or whatever. Uh, and I think Bernie now has to turn that around and focus on the many, many things that are said to his supporters that are completely racist, sexist, uh, terrible. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that will. I don't know if it'll work, but that may get the the, the media to move on to some other issue. I don't know, man, because like sp- we're dealing specifically with Warren people and Biden people, and they're two completely different like subsets of people. And I think that uh, what you're describing is a good point that should prove a Warren person wrong, but they don't like being proven wrong. They want to be wooed and shit, mm-hmm. and like sort of demand that you prostrate yourself to them and stuff. Um, I have actually like had a lot of conversations this week and have convinced a few people to switch um or even like before super tuesday i got a few people that told me that they did and i think that uh all of this shit aside i mean the reasons that you support shit like socialism are um for me they're extremely personal and like they have to do with uh you know medicare and stuff and if you do like appeal to people and go like look let's try and duck out of this crazy online thing for a second and actually have an honest conversation and, and also explain the electoral stuff that isn't being explained at all in mm-hmm. the media. Uh, people will listen to you, but like, um, you know, I mean, proving someone's a hypocrite has, uh, you know, has historically never really <laughs> got anyone to come on your side. Um, I do, but I do think, yeah, I don't know. I mean, we can't not be attacking back against these fucking people in terms of like right. media narratives. Well, I think it's the difference between like defending ourselves and standing up for ourselves and attacking, you know, where it's just like we just need to kind of stand our ground and be firm in our beliefs. And we don't necessarily have to go on like an offensive, you know? Yeah. Because that's not going to help anything, to be honest. <laughs> like we do need, like, it's annoying to have to do it, but you do have to appeal to like the better parts of people you know and so it's like even though there's all these warren supporters who like say these things that irritate the crap out of me i have to find a way to like what can we connect on you know because it's just like you said like if you just point out that they're wrong they're never gonna join and we need them to join i mean yeah fair enough I, i do think at this point it's people have split 
uh, they've broken one way or the other. The people who were gonna get on Bernie's side have have come over, uh, and you know the other half it looks like, which is unfortunate, are are going over to Biden. Maybe there's a couple people left, but I do think the the power in a Warren endorsement for Bernie, which it's quite dubious, it you know, looks honestly kind of unlikely that that's going to happen. But the power in that would not necessarily be getting her supporters because overall there's not very many of them in the grand scheme of things. It would be uh, showing people who are undecided, showing people who are leaning towards Biden that, you know what, the this isn't over. You know, all the other candidates have coalesced around Biden, but and it looks like Bernie's on his own right now. But if we have another someone who was a player on his side, then that could, I think, keep him keep things um, in contention a little longer. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's that's why it's so frustrating that it's like hanging right there and she's yeah. just like I mean, I think she just went crazy, dude. Because and I'm not calling a competent woman crazy. <laughs> uh <laughs> stop tweeting at me. I can't answer. But I mean, uh I I think the tragedy of the like Warren campaign to me is that she is like not a good politician, but that's a good thing. Like she is kind of like Bernie in that like mm-hmm. Uh, this person is not a liar. They're not someone that plays the game, really. They're somebody who kind of believes in what they're talking about and just wants to do a good job. And she really does embody all that, like, Lisa Simpson fucking Leslie Nope shit that people project onto her. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that if you try to jam that through a traditional campaign system, you're fucked. Because if she had done, like, a Bernie thing and it had, like, all these new people and all this grassroots money and stuff, then she would have had control over her campaign. But... She hired a bunch of fucking ex-Clinton people, and those right. people, we already fucking saw what they did last time. They're horrible. They don't care about her, for one thing, and I think they're going to use her up and fucking leave her and do this to somebody else in four years. Um, but, uh, like, they had every fucking thing that tanked her campaign since she was in first place seems really, really sketchily like someone advised her to do it because they thought that they were dealing with like a Hillary fucking shark type who would uh you know who would like who would be like an attack dog or whatever but like yeah I mean she for no reason came out and backtracked on Medicare for all and then like that shit where she started attacking Sanders and calling him sexist was just like the root of all this and like well you know about her consulting firm uh tell me about it she uh hired had this consulting firm on retainer it's called like blue state Democrats or something like that and their political consultants that uh, other clients include Amy Klobuchar, Joe Biden and the DNC so who do you think was advising her to attack Bernie Sanders like would it be in their interest oh hey why don't you go attack our other client the DNC like no you know (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and I think that she, like, uh, she got manipulated by those people, and, like, you know, as much as, like, I like to make fun of all these people and stuff, I'm sure running for president would make you lose your shit, like... It seems yeah. very stressful. <laughs> yeah. I lose my shit over very low-level stress, so I can only imagine, like, if you're running for fucking president, and you have all this pressure on you, and then you have all these, like, little girls who are, like, looking up to you as this hero, like, that's a lot of pressure. It's hard. Yeah, I can't. I should handle, know. I have. I have the same thing. I, I'm a hero to everyone who listens to this podcast. <laughs> I know, and uh, I can't deal with it sometimes. It's well, too much. You have pressure. a real cult of personality. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I want to talk about her staff a little bit because I think this is like the great untold story of Warren's campaign. Uh, people on both sides of the issue are kind of like pr- like blaming her, and you know she's the fucking politician, so you know she obviously does take the blame for her actions ultimately, but. Um, 
you know, I think this thing was kind of doomed from the get-go uh, because, like I said, her staff is like this history of uh, running mean campaigns that she wasn't suited for and also losing them. So I'm just going to go through like Ballotpedia a little bit and read through some of these people's backgrounds. Uh, her campaign manager was a guy named Roger Lau who um, worked for John Kerry <laughs> and Hillary Clinton. Um, let's see. Let me find this sentence. Oh, uh, yes. Successful campaigns. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's see. He worked in the United States Department of Commerce for Obama, yada, yada, yada. Uh, but yeah, he worked on Kerry's, like, uh, fucking... No, he worked on the Senate campaign. Uh, oh, he worked on Kerry's 2004 presidential campaign. This is like a losing campaign. <laughs> Why would you fucking hire these people? He lost hard, too, you know? Um, let's see. There's uh, Tracy Lewis is uh, her senior advisor for organizing. Um, she worked for Hillary, Ted Kennedy, John Kerry, Deval Patrick, and Joe Kennedy III. <laughs> Um, and you'll start to see a theme here. There's a lot of these people worked for the Kennedys, and I know she's like a senator from Massachusetts, so maybe that's a thing. But um, well, she has Ted's old seat, right? Yeah. Um, I found another one. Um, let's see. Is Joe the the firm you mentioned earlier, Blue State? Her chief strategist, Joe Rospers, uh, worked for that, and has, still has that on his Twitter bio. Hmm. Wow. Um. Her senior advisor and policy director was a guy named John Donenberg, whose first job was working for Ted Kennedy. So she's like drawing all these people from this, from the machine, you know, from like the the sort of political dynasty of uh, the the Democrats in uh, in the you know in Massachusetts or whatever. Um, there's just a lot. I mean, if you go through the list, it's like everybody's from this fucking thing, uh, except for just like a few kind of uh, young kind of. Um, hand-picked upstarts um there's another person named karen hink who's senior advisor for planning that i was reading about and uh a wikileaks email popped up uh from hillary clinton and uh i went to read it because i was like oh my god she's like on the epstein flight logs or something uh <laughs> this person's gonna be you know fucking uh connected to all this dark like clinton shit and um it's actually kind of worse here is the email uh <laughs> in the clinton circles reminder book party for paris a love story by katie martin on september 10th at 6 p.m <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> so like these people are just like either horrible or ineffective you know um, no, no one is really bearing the standard of like this big progressive movement that right. Warren kept trying to brand herself as being, you know, a uh, you know a leader of, or like, or alluding to her having like similar politics to Bernie, you know. Yeah, I mean, she did, and she said this yesterday is that she really did try to run down the middle in the Dem as in, as a Democrat. She, you know, decided to not choose a lane. Uh, the progressive lane, which I think would have been successful. I mean, maybe now we would be looking at Bernie dropping out if she had done that uh, or the moderate lane, which would have been a little difficult for her to do, but um, probably a better strategy than just not really, you know, her, her case was I'm, I'm a unity candidate and that's just not really what uh, that just doesn't work in a primary. Well, you she know? unified a lot of white women. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
They're standing very strong together. Yeah, she was just like trying to split the difference between the two of them and this didn't work out, did it? Yeah, well, I think that like she kind of embodies the last uh, gasp of this thing from the Obama era, which is, you know, he was the unity guy and that like caused all this shit to happen, right? But he was the unity guy between... uh, you know, liberals and conservatives, mm-hmm. and uh, right. that you know, famously was wildly ineffective and probably led to Trump in a lot of ways. Um, but like, I think that she was trying to do like neo neoliberalism or something, like where she was like, "No, I'm going to unify between the uh, like the Sanders left and then the centrist." But the thing is, like, Sanders is an insurgent. Like, that doesn't really work that way. You have to kind of go all in if you're trying to flip over the fucking table like this. Um, I was reading this article earlier about, uh, uh, it's in dissent. I'll link it in the show notes or whatever, but it's about, um, like parks and recreation and, uh, the show runner, I think I can't remember his exact job, but like the creators, this guy, Mike sure. And how he, um, you know, he loved the West wing and he was a big Obama fan on the show started up right like during the Obama campaign and stuff. And he also uh, loved David Foster Wallace. So like his mission for the show was, uh, to combat like the evils of irony that, uh, David Foster Wallace talked about. So that's why the show was instead of being dark and cynical and like having an edge, like a 30 rock or something like that, it was all like characters complimenting each other and stuff. And like, trying to be uh you know very sincere and and make comedy out of that which like personally i fucking hated but i don't know people seem to like <laughs> it you know um and there were good writers on it and stuff it's just like the mission was really weird um but also the you know the characters in it the show itself was like this this argument that is very much a vestige of the obama era that like we can be bipartisan and make all this shit work you know i mean it was like this like uh this you know, pro-government Democrat woman whose boss was like this libertarian guy and like the, it was like King of the Hill or something. It always had like an ending that doesn't actually happen in real life where everyone gets along, you know? And, Mm -hmm. um, the show itself, like kind of, uh, kind of like defies a lot of its own, um, principles by the end of it. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, he, Talk, this writer in Descent talks about how, like, at the beginning of it, they kind of, like, you know, reject the old standard storytelling device of, like, everyone's got the, the biggest, strongest, best competitor wins or whatever. And by the end of it, you know, she's running for governor and all this stuff. And uh, um, I don't know. I just uh, – but there's, like, a lot of projection in that show, I guess. And I guess I've been thinking about it a lot because, like <laughs> – the that article that came out about Chapo, they talked about like uh, Jackass, and then like that writer Dana Schwartz <laughs> has been talking about like South Park and how these things are evil and stuff, mm-hmm. and they made society worse. And I don't think that's true. I think you know, obviously, it goes the other way around. Society causes shows like that to happen. But um, mm-hmm. I just can't stop thinking about, I guess, Parks and Recreation because it is something that was popular among the media class of people that were talking about being online and standing Elizabeth Warren real hard. And actually participating in that cult of personality because, like, this does seem like it was one last fucking chance for them to sort of, like, worship upwardly a person like that who's pragmatic and fucking uh, is going to make everyone get along and stuff. And uh, I, I think 
it was like a, the reason I keep thinking about it as a last stand is because I was talking to a lot of people before Super Tuesday and was trying to like explain the uh, brokered convention thing before Pete and Amy dropped out and I was like look if you do this it's like bad for this reason she can't win they're not going to give it to her the broken convention and all this stuff and uh, people some people just were like I just want to vote for her yeah. <laughs> even if I know it's going to be meaningless which uh, right. I find really frustrating because, you know, there's a lot on the line here, but, like, um, I don't know. I mean, I find it really and frustrating. It's a, Good. Yeah, it's a sentiment they've been railing against for decades in general elections. So the, the argument is always you're throwing your vote away if you vote for a third party uh, in a general election, but somehow the logic doesn't cross over to a primary. Even if it's a close race, they'll say, you know, well, primaries are for – voting your heart like why is it's either a close race or it isn't like in new york where i voted last time it was not a close race so my vote had no impact in a primary uh like the massachusetts on tuesday it was a close race so your vote had consequences if you believe in progressive things and you voted for someone who wasn't going to win that's i don't see how you can argue that that's different yeah, I think that's very true. I think the primaries are so much more important than the general, especially in like states like this. Um, but I think it's because of the machine. Like that's what it is, you know. Yeah. yeah. Like. Well, it's all situational, right? So, like, if there are primaries where, yeah, it does it truly does not matter? There's no hope. You might as well vote your heart. There are general elections where it's very close, and you should. Uh, think strategically it just it's a case-by-case thing but it's this whole establishment idea that like if you in the general if you vote third party then you're this enemy of democracy right right but now that we are asking people to you know quote unquote vote third party aka bernie aka not the mainstream candidate then it's Uh like no i can't possibly i have to vote my heart now but we can't as leftists are not allowed to vote our heart in the general because then we're evil and terrible and letting Trump win. Well, the thing that's so frustrating about that is that people will scream at you if you voted for Jill Stein and you live in, like, New York or California or something where your vote doesn't fucking matter. And then they will justify, you know, voting with their heart in these primary races where it's like it actually does fucking matter this time. So you've got it completely backwards. But I think that, like, part of the reason that is happening is that no one will admit this because everyone likes to imagine that they understand how all this shit works and that they they came to their opinion, you know, after researching a bunch, which is like code for, I watched fucking Fox news or MSNBC or whatever. But, um, I think if people understood actually how this is gamified and shit and where all the, uh, the little mechanisms cause like votes to mean certain things in certain parts of the process, then, they would probably come around and vote the right way. And I say that because, like, I fucking spent some time to, to like, explain the history of the, why we even have super delegates and broker conventions and shit to somebody a while back. And they were like, oh, like, they were like, oh, I, was, I did sincerely thank you. I didn't fucking know any of this. And I was like, yeah. right, because I don't want you to know it. Yeah. They just want to scream at you and try to, like, you know, gin up your emotions every time there's a, a thing where they, you know, where they need you to vote. And that's why so much pathos is involved in this. And so that's why there's so much fucking like, uh, Warren is, you know, your abuela or whatever shit going on, or she's Hermione or whatever. Um, <laughs> it sucks. There's, I mean, there's just nothing we can do about it. They have a giant machine that, uh, cr- that creates this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think you can kind of fight it with like, you know, uh, 
at least getting the word out there about like how and why certain things go certain ways. Although that's largely a moot point at this point, because like <laughs> you know, there's only a few of these fucking primaries left before we probably have like an answer to who's going to run. Yeah, and you know, it it could be a lot worse. Uh, the it was only it was a matter of time before the establishment, and you know, I know that's to some people a loaded term. It shouldn't be, but the people who control the Democratic Party financially and politically. Uh, it was only a matter of time before they coalesced behind a candidate. And unfortunately, it was before Super Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, a much better outcome would have been if they had if those Buttigieg and Klobuchar had waited, you know, three more days uh, to see how they did, because it, w- it wasn't clear who the who the alternative to Sanders was going to be. But they but they didn't. They were smart. And thanks to a, a few um, interventions by Obama, uh, they they chose Joe Biden. And, and that's scary, you know, that they. It looks like he has a path to the nomination, a very clear one, uh, and it's perfectly true that he is doing better than Sanders with with older black voters, which are a, a key constituency. Um, and if he is running against if he was running against Buttigieg instead, I think Bernie would be doing better with that demographic. But in every other single way, there really could not be a better opponent for Bernie because the argument uh, for a female president. Is gone mm-hmm. now. The argument that Bernie's I'm too old. That clip the, yeah, the music. age thing is. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, the age thing is really. Dude, but I fucking. I don't know, man. People are still really fried, like, from all the propaganda. Because, like, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were like, don't you think Bernie's too old? And I was like, yeah, but Biden's is, like, also old and he's like falling apart and they were just like oh no 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 biden is not well (laughs) yeah and i think that it also shows that when everyone's like oh wow it's so amazing that he did so well in these states that he didn't even campaign in and i'm like that's why he did well (laughs) yeah right (laughs) the motherfucker was all over iowa and they were like pass (laughs) like we saw you we saw you call obama that guy a hundred times because you couldn't remember his fucking name like i know he uh a couple things about that he he's trying to pass this off as a stutter which is going to be complicated to make fun of him for it because people are going to say you're being ableist or whatever but like if you watch him talk like four years ago he didn't call his wife his sister and shit and call obama rap rock obama and stuff like this, yeah. this is not just and a he stutter. didn't say that he was running for the wrong race and like <laughs> you know he didn't know what day it was and like all these or things just- and like maybe just, he, maybe he does have a stutter, but the thing the other thing with the stutter is that because his cognitive function is clearly declining, even if he overcame his stutter, like that kind of shit is going away now. So it's like coming out more. Yeah. So it's actually just more indicative of his cognitive decline. Yeah. The other thing about that, like him doing well on Super Tuesday, is that uh, yeah, I mean, I know he didn't like campaign, but he had the entire media fawning over him for three days, and there are yeah. a lot of fucking people. I know this from canvassing that do not decide until they get to the goddamn voting. There were booth. a lot of people who, yeah, who like decided very late and they heard all this stuff about Biden. Also, Southern black voters are more of a block than like black voters nationwide, yeah. especially even with older voters. So I think like, um, I mean, and it's going to depend. And I think he does need to like do some more work to like overcome that hurdle, like with those voters. Um, but you know, Chicago and Detroit are going to be voting soon, so we'll see how they decide. I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic about Bernie's chances in the Rust Belt. Yeah, I feel very good about that. I think I just he needs to win. 
I mean, he's really good in the West and he's good in the Rust Belt. And next, I think Tuesday could be very good for him, hopefully. Yeah, I don't know. I don't want to say too much, get my fucking hopes up because, like, it's hard not to. I was like, guys, are we going to get like 800 delegates on Super Tuesday? <laughs> I know, man. Everyone's riding so fucking hard. <laughs> I was like, well, also at the time, it was like when there were so many people, it was like, there's a good chance that a lot of people won't be viable. Like, if it was like, if he's the only one who's viable in California or like if there's right. only two that are viable in California, like that could have been great. Well, that's exactly why they did that shit. Yeah, of course. And like the funniest thing to me is just like, <laughs> just like so many people voted early for Mayor Pete and Amy mm-hmm. Klobuchar and then got and thank fucked you so much. Thank you so much for doing that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, cause they probably would have went to Biden. If you would have went to Bernie, that's annoying. But like to me, that's just like, it's so funny. Cause like so much of this, argument about these people is about their character and Mm -hmm. shit and like how much you can rely on them and they fucked you so hard (laughs) they just threw your vote away oh man i think my dad voted for pete (laughs) uh my dad didn't vote in the he was in nevada so i didn't care um because i knew it was gonna be fine my brother voted for biden and my mom voted for bloomberg yeah (laughs) but both of their counties went for bernie so i don't give a fuck yeah (laughs) i just get to gloat about how they're stupid (laughs) and my brother lives in california so like nothing matters vote vote with your heart vote for bloomberg (laughs) (laughs) she was like well i voted early and i didn't he is dumbledore (laughs) or some shit um voldemort Uh, yeah i mean uh, one thing that he hasn't been doing Bernie is going negative on Biden in on air on TV ads. And Iowa is where he, you know, helped sink his campaign there. Biden's campaign when he went when he exposed his record on Social Security, trying to cut it. And those are the ads he's airing now. So people who haven't really been paying attention up to this point who depend on, you know, those benefits are going to see that. And that, uh, I think, could help Bernie a lot in places like, you know, Michigan, Illinois, and at, at a minimum, at least uh, prevent Biden from having an overwhelming victory in, in places like Florida. Yeah, something to that uh, point is uh, I saw Donald Trump earlier tweeted this. I will protect your Social Security and Medicare, just as I have for the past three years. Sleepy Joe Biden will destroy both in very short order, and he won't even know he's doing it. <laughs> so, oh my God. I mean, A, he's very funny. Uh, but also, B, like, that is... Ac- it's good that the president tweeted that in a weird way, because uh, we're still in the fucking primary, and he's attacking the guy that we need to attack. So, like... This at least shows you uh, that this is what Trump will be giving Biden shit over in a general if he gets it. And that doesn't fucking look good. So it should be like a pretty easy choice between these two things, you know? Yeah. And that's something that, you know, Bernie, uh, unfortunately, the debate isn't until after the next uh, few contests. But uh, that's something that Bernie is going to hit home. Like, I think in that in that debate is hopefully we'll say I'm the nice guy. You know, if you can't if uh, if you think I'm bad, like just wait till you're up against Trump and he's bringing up this shit like and, you know, I think he has to mention the the Hunter Biden stuff, too, like that not as uh, validating it necessarily, but saying that's something the Republicans are going to run with. Like mm-hmm. you re- we really have to chip away or smash this electability narrative because Joe Biden, I how about we chip don't... a law and vote for Elizabeth Warren? <laughs> Hold your heart. <laughs> <laughs> um 
Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think I think in a a debate with just Bernie and Biden, it's going to be very clear who's sharper. You know, whereas like they've obviously like Biden. Biden won. Like he succeeded in the last few debates just by not totally fucking up. You know, and letting everyone else just kind of fight with each other. Yeah. And he was just coasting. Yeah, I mean, right. now he's not going to be able to do that. Like you said, like his, his most powerful move is to not like be in the spotlight and just sort of let all this like external shit try and convince you that he's good because he's his own worst enemy. Um, yeah, and that, the good that's, news that's why is, I think he's going to get the nomination and then lose to Trump, and then we're just fucked. <laughs> but the good news is, though, is uh, like the fact that everybody has cleared the field for Biden could end up um, biting them in the butt because. If he does have a a shit performance at the debate, he just like melts down and everybody starts rethinking him Mm -hmm. and Bernie surges like it's over. Like there's no one left to say like to to come in and save the day because everybody just dropped out. Enter Hillary Clinton. Right. Yeah. (laughs) God. (laughs) Never say never. She's always showing back up. (laughs) She is kind of hilarious in her like post political life. Um. Letting some teenager run her damn Twitter account. Um, something I want to talk about before we kind of wrap up is uh, the other thing that happened last night that like is just not being fucking reported on. Somehow this like uh, this interview that Warren did with Maddow is you know all over the news and shit, and um, the same networks are like just completely silent about the fact that in uh at a bernie rally in arizona i think last night yeah in phoenix um somebody fucking came and unfurled a nazi flag (laughs) which is like uh pretty fucked up i think um given that he's you know i don't know hear them out (laughs) he's jewish and uh they're making a free speech point they don't actually believe in it they just want the freedom to do it that's yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, fucking, I don't know how to f- phrase this or frame this in a way that will actually kind of make the point heard to uh, people that are, you know, have their heads way too into this media shit. But, like, the fact that that's, like, juxtaposed with the snake emoji thing and we're treating one of these as a hate crime and the other one as, like, it didn't happen is really fucking dire and it means you shouldn't trust these people because um you know that's like real threatening shit and i know there's always this question with trump and with the times right now of whether uh you know fascism is really a thing that is you know really present or coming back or anything or it's just like fringe idiots and uh you know it can't happen until somebody more competent than trump comes along or something like that but um i don't know i mean you know, a lot of this shit died down after Charlottesville, but it showed up at a fucking rally last night. Yeah. And that is nothing to be taken lightly. Um, yeah, politics aside, the fact that the what, a Jewish candidate is giving a speech and a, a, not, a swastika goes up, you have a responsibility to report that, you know, and not fucking bury it. Like the Huffington Post did. I, this is the definition you, of like, news. You should like, be so yeah. much. You should be so much more outraged about someone hanging a swastika over the Jewish candidate's head than some fucking snake emojis in your DMs. Like hit the. This is the thing, and I'm like, I'm sorry if it's victim blaming, but 
like hit the fucking block button. I have blocked so many fucking people just for being annoying, yeah. you know? And it's just like, you just don't, you can close that shit off of your social media. Like, it's not like you don't have to endure. Oh my God, the vicious snake emojis. It's okay. Cool. Were they fucking uploading swastikas into your DMs? Because well, that would about, be something to talk about. How about a swastika made out of snakes? Oh, that'd be cool. Uh, also, <laughs> not for nothing, snakes, like, that's a whole anti-Semitism trope. You know what I mean? So it's like, let's not, let's not talk about the danger of snakes. And then, oh, did you see the Shylock thing? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> My son is attorney general a year in Iraq, came back, and that's one of the things that he finds is was most in need when he was over there in Iraq for a year. People would come to him and talk about what was happening to them at home in terms of foreclosures, in terms of bad loans that were being, I mean, these Shylocks who took advantage of uh, of these women and men while overseas. Yeah, that was so, like, that was not long ago. So Biden's just out here, like, literally using anti-Semitic tropes, yeah. which has been happening throughout this whole process. And anytime you try to bring up anti-Semitism, people just want to, like push it away like oh that doesn't really matter like we didn't just have like last year didn't just have a bunch of fucking jews get shot up in their synagogue while they were praying like it's just the erasure of the jewish issue of this whole thing and like the anti-semitism of it all has like i feel like i'm screaming into a void because uh, people are, just don't want to hear about you're on it. our podcast so you are well yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, it's crazy that it's not being taken seriously. And, um, you know, I mean, like at some point we should talk about what these various things actually mean. And we all know what the fucking swastika actually means. Mm -hmm. It means Buddhism. No, it means fucking (laughs) Nazis, right? And, uh, and the snake emoji thing, like, I don't even know how we got this far into this conversation about it because like. I want to start the conversation where this conversation begins. Warren betrayed Bernie Sanders like on TV and accused him of something he didn't fucking do. And it's totally out of character. Yeah, it was crazy. And this is what I'm saying with those fucking campaign people. They made her do that shit. They tried to turn her into Hillary. hundred percent. But the the reason people were calling her a snake is because that's what you call someone who betrays you. So this was in defense, right? It wasn't like, you know, this thing that like people were arguing, oh, it's a biblical thing about like Adam and Eve. No, it's no, a it's fucking. Not. It's a jokey term that you yell, yell at your friend when they fucking beat you at a Anytime board game. Anytime you've or ever something. said you fucking snake, it's be, yeah, it's because they fucking hit start when you were going to the bathroom and you were playing video games, like whatever. Like yeah. you, it's like that's, that's how you use that. You never. You I've never. I've listen. I have been called a lot of misogynistic things on the internet, and no one has ever called me a snake. <laughs> no yeah. one from the depths of reddit has ever been like wow she's a real snake <laughs> these snakes don't know how to do comedy it's such a goofy thing to call somebody and it's kind of cool <laughs> i think when if she endorses him we go we we still keep calling her a snake but it's like she's cool like she's a badass biker or something Cold yeah biker. i mean snake is i i'm not a video gamer but i believe the uh, protagonist in metal gear solid isn't that solid correct solid snake yeah yeah and he's revered yeah. So it's also a nickname for me sometimes. People like to call you Jake the Snake. Jake the Snake. I've never felt offended as a woman when they said that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was pretty cool. Um, yeah. And now that Pete's gone, we have to. Uh, rats are good again. I'm sorry. I, I had a really hard time making fun of him as a rat because I uh, have tattoos of rats and snakes, actually. <laughs> it looks like I got the tattoos to commemorate harassing people online in 2020. <laughs> I promise you, I got them years ago. Um, I might have to get a swastika tattoo. 
Well, no, it's mean, ironic. You good know? point's a good point, you know? <laughs> <laughs> if Bernie gets a nom- yeah. I keep joking, and I might have to do it, but I was saying if Bernie gets a nomination, I'm going to get a vote blue no matter who tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that shit went out the window right as soon as you started winning, right? Um, I mean, the thing about these people, again, is that, like, they're if they're still hanging this the snake thing over our heads, like, they're never going to be on our side anyway like at best they won't vote they're not going to vote for bernie yeah <laughs> i know i think i think that kind of i think it's that kind of stuff it's like like when you're performing comedy and it's like a bunch of people are laughing and then there's like the one guy who's not laughing and then you become so obsessed with that one guy right yeah we just need to focus on the people who are laughing like we need to focus on the people who we can get and we need to like these people who are like so entrenched it's like it's a or waste of people- our time or the people who can't afford the two drink minimum. Yeah. There you to go. Set up with it. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not even in the club. Yeah. Oh man. It's so funny how like you can just fucking cut it right down the middle. You can tell which comedians have bad politics because they're rude to the goddamn staff. I've heard all the stories about all of you fucking people. <laughs> <laughs> Neil. Um <clears throat> Go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to say one more thing about Super Tuesday. Like, uh, Okay, so Texas, right? Like, last time, he got trounced in Texas. Like, he did right, terrible. Right, right. And he actually won more votes this year in Texas, even with a fractured field, than he won in 2016, even though it was like ended up being a smaller percentage of the total vote population or whatever. But, like, he won more votes. And I feel like... It was like it was close, you know. It was super close. He had not, he was not that far behind in delegates in Texas. Yeah, a fucking socialist split Texas. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Like people are like, oh wow, big loss for Bernie, and I'm like, yeah. I mean, we definitely wanted to win that outright, but yeah. like, I don't think that's a total loss, you know. And like Arizona's going to be voting, and I just think. I don't think so either, and I do think that it's like really impressive, and also if there wasn't voter suppression, and also probably if Liz had dropped out, he would have won, mm-hmm. but um, the thing about that is like, yeah, I mean, anyone following the delegates, if you're a nerd enough to be following the delegates, then you're probably not as freaked out or as convinced that Biden's winning, but the thing is what they do is they, you know, they when you win a state, they really drive that point home, even if right. you won it by, like, fucking five delegates Because they put your picture shit. up on it with the check mark, and then it's like, yeah, like, same with Maine. He was like, it was so close. And, yeah, like, definitely would have been better if that had been yeah. more yeah. for Bernie, but... That's just and the, the media narrative thing is going to be a fucking problem. Right, you know? and that's right. why we just have to talk to as many real people as possible. I think we have to talk to people who, like Trump voters, fucking hate the media <laughs> because it's a good right. common enemy to have. Yeah. Right. And th- yeah, and this narrative today that he, which he addressed that oh, oh youth turnout was down. You're you're not living up to your promise on youth turnout. Well, he he pointed this out in press conference. Overall turn up was turnout was way up mm-hmm. in these states. So the proportion of of youth turnout like it looks like it's down, but that's just cuz you have to look at it proportional to the overall turnout. Yeah. Also Bernie did better in states that have early voting. Which yeah. is Right. Right. Notable. And like all like all the states that Biden want, like have such restrictive voting access, you know, or it's just like there's no really voting. Well, he won in the South. The deadline was <laughs> they like created months that ago. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, he won a bunch of states that will never go blue. Cool. Great. Excellent. Congratulations. Yeah. Man, when I was canvassing, so many fucking people told me they wanted to vote for him, but they had to work. 
Yeah. And it was crazy because I'd be like, you why don't, voted last week or why something. Why don't young, yeah, I know. Why don't young people, but also they like don't like give that information out very readily because they don't want people to vote. Yeah. Because it's in their best interest that people don't vote because low turnout helps them. Yeah. Right. Um, Anders, do you have anything else from, I have a game I, I will close this out on, but if anybody else has any particularly juicy takes, get them out now. Uh, no, I think that's it. Just, just please, uh, make phone calls over the weekend. If we get, you know, millions of people doing that, then that's, you know, uh, gun, can't, can't hurt. Also, maybe coronavirus will help Bernie. Because maybe right. Joe Biden makes voters. The, yeah, it'll kill I, Joe Biden. Yeah. <laughs> well, seriously, I mean, yeah. No, but, see but the, seriously, people are so paranoid right now about coronavirus, right? Yeah, yeah. And especially, it's really bad for older people. So maybe oh, yeah. there will be decreased turnout if they have to go to the polls and vote. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, there, well, also there's the, another reason that it'll actually help, which is that if there's a fucking epidemic, then this Medicare argument is going to make a lot more sense. Because if right. only some people can go to the hospital, it doesn't stop the fucking thing from spreading right yeah um yeah. i will say uh, i just want, i might plug this in here i'll make a little marker if i can find it but did you guys see trump talking about coronavirus last week yeah it was no. fucking awesome he uh i forget you know, he just rules he's so fun to watch he, i forget sometimes that he just like improvises when he's like telling a story and uh he was talking about it and he was just like folks yeah you gotta wash your hands classic move washing your hands you know we all know it and uh he started telling the story where he's like i read I, I met a man the other day a guy came uh, right up to me, and he hugged me, and he kissed me, and he was kissing me, and uh, I said, are you well? And he said, no. And then everyone laughed, because that's like him being a comedian for his own audience uh-huh. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he just kept going on about how he was kissing him, and he was just like, this man, he was just kissing me. He loved to kiss me. <laughs> and I could tell he like <laughs> kind of talked himself into a corner and couldn't really figure out where to go with the story from there, so he just got <laughs> stuck on describing this man kissing him. <laughs> it's so funny. Uh... Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah, hopefully, I don't know. That'll come up at some point within, uh, hopefully everyone gets sick this week. I don't know. Did you see the Gavin Newsom, governor of California, just ordered insurance companies to make coronavirus treatments free, which is just like, what a concept. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) we could just do that, you know? Hey, we, hey, you shouldn't be profiting off of six sick people. Yeah. Oh, what an idea. Because it creates a situation where then not everyone can get access. Oh, my God. It's fucking idiots. <laughs> Great for the healthcare company stocks, though. Yeah. Um, so I just, I guess I want to thank everyone that uh, came out to our show at Caroline's last week. Uh, it was pretty rad, and I think it'll be on our Patreon here soon. I haven't checked. It might be up already. Uh, I think Alex is editing it. But, um, yeah, we filmed it. And so uh, if you didn't make it out, it'll be uh, it'll be on the our patreon you could watch it we did a bunch of cool shit we roasted all the states that was fun ted alexandro told an incredible story for his set that we i have to cut out we can't it was really good but it was also like my favorite type of stand-up shit where he was a pretty dangerous move what he did i can't even you meet me in real life i'll tell you about it i I can't put it on the internet (laughs) i don't want to get him in trouble with anyone but he fucking uh he, he fucking the guy has fucking principles. It's very cool. Um, yeah. Kate Willett was great. Um, you know her if you listen to the show and reply, guys. And um, yeah, we did some other stuff and it was real fun, but we ran long and I had to cut some segments I wrote for the show. So I figure I might as well just get through this thing right now. Um, 
we were going to play a game at one point. The game is called uh, "He Said, She Said," and then um, and then the the from the Limp Biscuit song, the sound bite would come in. Um, <laughs> you all know it. I rewatched that video to get that sound bite. Talk about the he said, she said. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone is in that video. Like Snoop Dogg and Dre and shit are in it. It's really weird. It's really a moment in time. They were the biggest band in the world that year. A um, uh-huh. woman took off her shirt and showed off her mom bra. It's an incredible video. You should watch it. Um, but anyway, uh, the game is just uh, who said it? So I'm going to read some quotes and then uh, you guys take a guess at who said this. Um, the first category is uh, either Pete or Werner Herzog. Um, <laughs> morals take courage. Or morals take courage. Uh, do you think that was Pete or Werner Herzog? Pete? Oh, uh, I'm going to go uh, Pete. That was Pete. Um, it was like from his Twitter. It was just one of those insane platitude things he says. Yeah. Um, facts do not convey truth. That's a mistake. Facts create norms, but truth creates illumination. You know, the norms make me want to say Pete, but the rest of that uh, screams Werner. Yeah. Yeah. It's Werner Herzog. But they do sound similar. If you put them down on paper, it's really fucking weird because they, uh, you know, they just speak in these like nothing sentences. Uh huh. Um, that are all kind of filler about like philosophical, huge, heavy concepts. Um, I actually, I got, I was in a, a small discussion with a former Pete supporter online. Uh, and can I just share what what he to him was the center of the Pete campaign in oh, his words? Fucking please, these people are okay. insane. <laughs> Pete spoke of the crisis of belonging. <laughs> and a new way forward that unites the country and a way to get progressive values passed with messaging and seizing this moment. What the fuck? <laughs> how did he Bernie's <laughs> How did Pete infect people with that? <laughs> Cuz it's easy cuz it, you don't have to be smart to sound smart. That's the whole thing. It's like he's doing the thing that like uh <clears throat> like sports commentators do where they just fill up the sentence with like you know the, at the end of the day the whole point of the game is to beat the game or whatever yeah uh but he's doing that without even something as interesting as sports for it to be modeled around so it's just like nothing and at least when bill walton does it it's entertaining yeah um do you not hear this horrible scream around you that people usually call silence Oh, uh, that's Herzog. yeah. It's gonna be Herzog. Uh, it's both. Wow. <laughs> uh, no, King is wearing Herzog. Um, and then here's another quote: Read, 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 read. Ooh, I want to say <laughs> Joe Biden, but um, I Herzog. Yeah, it's Herzog. Okay. Mostly the game is just to make a point. Pete Buttigieg sounds like Werner Herzog. (laughs) (laughs) Moral of the game. I believe the common denominator of the universe is not harmony, but chaos, hostility, and murder. Uh, Werner Herzog. Okay, um, the next category was going to be Biden or Bob Dylan. I think this is probably the funniest one. Because, like, (laughs) Biden just sounds like the middle of a Bob Dylan lyric. Like, half the time, like, when he's like, you're a lion dog-faced pony soldier, or whatever. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) Here's a line. Give me a string bean. I'm a hungry man. Bob Dylan? I, I, I'm, saying, I'm going to say Biden Bob Dylan. on that one. Oh, okay. 
I learned about roaches. I learned about kids jumping on my lap. Biden. Yeah, that's that's Biden. That's yeah. from the pool, the corn pop yeah. video. Right, right. You can't please all the people all the time. I think Abraham Lincoln said that. Bob Dylan. Biden. That's from. Uh, <laughs> you know the song. No, that's from what song is that? Yeah, yeah. from uh, one of his first albums. Uh, Bob Dylan. Yeah. Um, here's another one. <clears throat> I said, "Could you help me? Uh, could you help me out? I got some friends down the way." The man says, "Get out of here! I'll tear you limb from limb." I said, "You know they refuse Jesus too." Pumped up. <laughs> said, you're not him. Yeah. It sounds like Joe Biden, though, right? <laughs> um, and then I think the last one I yeah, had. Yeah, that's was, from his 115th dream, right? That's the song. Oh, you are very well listened on your Bob Dylan. Um, that makes sense that you would be. Um, yeah. Boy from the North Country over here. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> also, a very political songwriter, you know? Um, Although he wouldn't characterize himself as that. Yeah. Uh, sort of weekly of him but yeah um he was a poet laureate of you know who do you think he's voting for Mm -hmm. oh god uh who's bob dylan (laughs) i think he's voting for joe biden for this reason (laughs) he's himself right (laughs) he's probably getting lyric ideas from he's called fucking corn pop that's Uh, my wife that's my sister (laughs) (laughs) yeah um okay last one is uh Quote, it's either going to be Andrew Yang, uh, Matthew Lesko, or Blade Runner. Matthew Lesko is the guy with the dollar signs all over his suit. He's like, the government will give you money. Um, daytime TV commercial you might have seen at some point. Also, I, he was in the crowd last time I did stand-up in D.C. Don't think he liked me. Um, <laughs> a chance to begin again in a golden land of opportunity and adventure. Yang? Ooh, Yang. Wait, I fucking forgot to write down who that is. Um, I don't know. <laughs> we'll never know. <laughs> uh, I think it was Blade Runner. Right, it was Blade Runner. Um, there are a few in America that really there are a few in America that really know how to take advantage of the current healthcare system. Um, I'm gonna say Lesko. Matthew Lesko, yeah. Mm. Robots are coming to take your job. All right, this time it's Yang. That's definitely Yang, yeah. Yang. Um, quite an experience to lie in fear, isn't it? That's what it is, to be a slave. That's Blade Runner. Blade All right, Runner, that's yeah. basically it. Um, <laughs> I think that's it. Uh, la, 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 la. Does anybody want to plug anything before we get out of here? I have something, yeah. On, on March 21st uh, in Boston, I will be at the Riot Theater at uh, 10 p.m. I'll uh, I'll post I'll be tweeting about that pretty soon. Nice, cool. I'm uh, in the March Madness competition at Caroline, so uh, Wednesdays in March, I guess. Hopefully. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I'll come in that, and then also um, I produce a show called Stand Up 2020 in New York at the Pit. It's the first Fridays of every month, and we raise. Money for organizations like Swing Left and Spread the Vote, and we register voters, and the next one, because we have one tonight, but this won't be out, so the next one will be April 3rd, which is also my birthday, Uh, so we love to have a lot of people at the show. I feel like plugging your birthday. That is a classic move on podcasts. I didn't... It just... My birthday just happened to fall on the show schedule. I did not plan this. I did it. Um... My birthday is January 20th. I will be mentioning it again as it comes back around. 
uh, inauguration day, inauguration by the way. Day, yeah, yeah Trump's inauguration was my 30th birthday. It was the worst day of my life. Mm. Um, but maybe I'll get Bernie. But maybe your 34th. 34th birthday will be the best day of your life. Yeah, or Trump again. <laughs> if Bernie wins, it'll be the best inauguration like talent ever. Dude, Trump's was so bad. So weak. <laughs> he had three doors down because like nobody wanted to play yeah. that shit at all. Whereas like, yeah, Bernie has like a lot of good music. Although I will say, well, actually he has some pretty good bands. For a while it was like, uh, all right. <laughs> it was a lot of like a uh, Fish, a great Vermont band. <laughs> yeah, did you see that video where he's like, oh, "I want to thank the great Vermont band, The Fish." Yeah, of course. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> right. I saw that and every single one of the Fish groups and meme accounts that I follow. <laughs> oh, right. Like a thousand times. I'm a huge Fish fan. I forgot you were a Fish head. You're uh, you got a Fish uh water bottle yeah. right here. Jesus Christ. Well, I like you anyway, Allison. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. The Strokes is a pretty good get, but like, I mean, before this, it was a lot of like just... Cardi B, Ariana Grande, Lizzo, good. huge... There was a lot of like vampire weekend type boring indie white guy neutral shit. Neutral Milk Hotel. That's a pretty good get. Yeah. That's serious cred right there. Mm-hmm. That guy doesn't even come out of his hole to talk mm. very much. Public Enemy, obviously. <laughs> Public Enemy's sure. badass. Although they have like what? a like a black flag situation where like there's two Public oh. Enemies because they have a f- they had a fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Flavor Flav's not in the band anymore. Presumably doesn't like Bernie Sanders. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Flavor Flav is not the <laughs> talent <laughs> in the group either. I bet he was Yang Gang. Probably. He seems like somebody who would yeah. just give like, me a thousand dollars and yeah. fuck off. I knew a cop who arrested him. Um, he, uh, I'm not, f- f- I was just, uh, I met a cop. <laughs> I uh, do not hang out with this person on the regular. I met a cop who told me that he uh, he was an NYPD back in the day and he worked in the neighborhood that Flavor Flav lived in and Flavor Flav would do this thing where he would bike up to this pizza shop and make them cook an entire pizza for him, cut it in three, like a peace sign, so he could have a really big slice of pizza, and then he would just, like, bike around holding the pizza with, like, one hand and shit, and, like, almost crashing into stuff, and uh, this cop was like, yeah, one day he was just biking like that, and he just had a brick of weed hanging out of his hoodie pocket, and he had to just be like, come on, dude, <laughs> like, just try not to do this, um, <clears throat> Anyways, uh, I'm going on tour again. I can never stop touring. I'm very tired. I'm going with Street Fight again because we had some banger-ass shows last time we went out. We're coming to Florida, uh, Jacksonville, Tampa, Orlando. I forget the other one. Uh, but but uh, yeah, check my dates and my pinned tweet and all that stuff. I think I'm also going to come to Atlanta and probably Memphis and uh, Nashville at some point soon. So if you're in any of those places, uh, fucking... I don't know. Hear me. Uh, keep an eye out. I'll talk about it more on the show. And also, if you're in a city and like you want me to do a show, I'll. Just, I got nothing to do. I'll jump out and uh, in a, on a bus and come do a show. If you can guarantee me like a place to crash and some cash. Um, I just did Pittsburgh a while back, and it was really cool. I want to thank Andrew Hillary and all the uh, comics that were on that show because uh, it was fucking great. I had a great time. I was very tired, uh, but I think I got through it. Um, I'm gonna stop talking about that. Okay, rate, review, subscribe to the show. Bonus episodes on Patreon, and um, I don't know. Uh, stop harassing more and people because we need to, them for shit. It's finished. It.
okay, one more thing. Shit, end of the episode mini segment. I forgot to mention something, just a weird detail about that, uh, about the guy who uh, unfurled the Nazi flag at that Sanders rally, which is that I found him. And uh, <laughs> he has a YouTube channel that is tied to a URL called bombislam.com. And I was going to play like his clips on the thing because they're dumb and bad and it would have been funny or whatever. But uh, it's already been taken down as of like an hour ago. I was literally just watching this. So it just fucking happened. Uh, but I mean, good. You know, they took <laughs> his shit down or whatever. But uh, it was really funny that he um, it wasn't funny. It was, it was kind of interesting to me like looking up who this person is um let me fucking me ah, god damn it okay i found it uh yeah i mean i'm not gonna like full-on dox him or whatever but his name is robert paul sturkison he's from mesa arizona and uh <laughs> he has a, a youtube uh channel that's yeah tied to bombislam.com. both of them are down down now but um yeah i don't know he like i guess what was interesting is he his YouTube channel was just this one video, which was him saying, hey, I'm uh, Robert, whatever, I'm running for president. And then he just starts, you know, listing all these fucking slurs and drops the N-bomb and shit. And like, uh, you know, and just makes that outright fascist case for why he's running for president, etc. Um, but it was really weird. There's like Smash Brothers music playing behind it, like weird epic shit. He clearly made it himself, which is what a lot of... Uh, those types of guys do you know they sit there and they make like their little videos in their cars and shit and um i guess what was interesting about it was that the rest of his videos were just of video games mm. they were just clips from like grand theft auto and red dead and shit and uh i couldn't figure out i guess whether he's like a sincere nazi or he's like an irony guy because some people are just some people like in the alt right are just like doing it as a bit because they're just like that nihilistic, you know. Hilarious bit. <laughs> I know that's the thing is like I get that bit. Like I drew swastikas on like my homework when I was a kid because it was just the most offensive thing ever. Right, but you were how old? Yeah, I was like ten or some yeah. shit. Like it was, so that's the mentality of a child. It was the thing you would show your friend and just laugh because it was like you're not supposed to draw that, you know? Right. Um. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, and then you would turn it into the Windows logo and no one would ever know. Um, <laughs> but, like, that's a thing that, like, you know, young guys, when you're teenagers or you're in middle school or whatever, like, mm -hmm. do. And, uh, but this I, is an adult. This is an adult. Um, and I also, but I'm, I guess what I'm saying is I get the sense of humor, but also, like, the as from a comedic point of view this has been done <laughs> yeah like this bit has been done to death at this point yeah it's hack yeah <laughs> all of the um, not only is it filled with hate but also it's hack so <laughs> no thank you but also yeah. I, I find that anytime you are doing something ironically eventually it just does become genuine and i'm speaking from experience yeah because <laughs> i'm like used to like really love Hello Kitty like ironically and then I was like oh I think this is just part of my personality now yeah I think for a lot of people irony is a way of uh, not really owning the fact that you actually just like something yeah so you know like I'm a misogynist as a bit you know <laughs> well yeah and it's like closet like Republicans and stuff like closet gay Republicans or whatever will be like oh what if we just like 
made out as a bit. Like, <laughs> you know? And yeah. it's just like, oh, wouldn't it be hilarious if we just touched our dicks together? What if we just, like, uh, you know, rounded up everyone and uh, ethnically cleansed the country, like, as a joke? <laughs> wouldn't that be hilarious? <laughs> and then we made out? You know, we, what if we just started with the Asians because then no one would care? <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, we can't because we already put all the Mexicans in their camp. Yeah. As a bit. As a bit. Every, politics these days on all sides is about yelling parody, parody, allegedly, no matter what you're saying. Yeah. Um, they're doing it too. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that's true because I was like watching this guy's thing and I was like, you know, trying to figure out what I'm dealing with here and I was thinking about it and I was like, yeah, this guy like seems right down the middle. Like he might just be like a fucking uh, uh, Sam Hyde or whatever, like, uh, you know, an internet edgelord. Mm-hmm. But also... If you are, at what point is it you're just doing that? Like, if you're saying all these things and doing all these things, at what point are we to understand that you're like, but when I, but it, the real me is actually really like, you know, cool and likes everyone and whatever. And I think that's always the argument with these fucking people. But like, yeah. <laughs> if you have like those thoughts in your head, but you never act on them or do them, but you're all, you're constantly like promoting the worst shit on earth. I mean, eventually, like, I guess we're getting into a philosophical question of like, what makes you who you are, you know? Yeah. Um, if you replace all of your body parts with a robot, you're a robot, I think, you know? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I know. I think it's like kind of one of those like ills of society things of like technology isolating us and all that shit because especially <clears throat> if this guy's like a gamer and it's like, okay, maybe he's like kind of a loner and, you know, doesn't have a lot of friends to like check him on his dumb shit you know and then you just like like i know that like the more that i'm alone the crazier my thoughts get right so i think it's just about trying to find ways to like break down these barriers between people because when you're not around other people it's very easy to like not think of them as human yeah and that's yeah well, it starts. all these fucking guys are like extremely atomized like there's a reason there's a cliche of them being in basements or whatever mm-hmm. um i don't think it's always basements i think some of it is just like this shit exists in the suburbs really hard because mm-hmm. like you just what do you do out there you just hang out in your fucking house yeah and if you don't have a car like you have no, you can't go anywhere and like you're just stuck there and if you're just playing on your xbox and just whatever you know it's like your brain can go anywhere yeah and it was like so on the nose too like all of his videos of him like er, playing gta or whatever would have like the character with joker makeup on which is Mm -hmm. like again like this bit has been fucking done man everyone already did it. it's a cliche at this point um the thing i was gonna play the reason i was looking up his uh youtube page is because i was was looking through all his gamer clips and uh randomly there's just this one clip i think i could probably find it it uh, because it's a clip from a movie so i can probably just punch it in right here but uh it was from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, and it was the scene of, like, Master Splinter talking to Raphael, the mean, angry Ninja Turtle, about, like, it's like this really serious line of dialogue, and it actually is, like, kind of, like, it's not bad as far as, like, children's movies go. Like, it has, like, some interesting weight to it, and he's talking about, like, his anger and stuff, mm-hmm. and it just... I guess it was just really like telling like that this person would really identify with Raphael the Ninja Turtle because <laughs> he's the mean, angry one that no one understands or whatever. Yeah. Um, and I guess he also thinks that the Ninja Turtle is white or something and also thinks that we, he's the Foot Clan he's fighting is uh, Mexicans or something. I don't know. I don't know. 
I'll play us out on that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that guy's yeah, he's gone. Uh, I'm sure. I somebody tweeted at me like from the fucking rally that they like ripped the flag away from him and shit. So good for you, if that was you. Uh, someone at Ladon, I think, tweeted that at me. And uh, you know, hopefully, like I got his ass kicked and yada yada yada. Um, okay, it's finally finished. Raphael, come sit by me. Couldn't this wait till morning? You will listen now. My master Yoshi's first rule was possess the right thinking. Only then can one receive the gifts of strength, knowledge, and peace. I have tried to channel your anger, Raphael, but more remains. Anger clouds the mind. Turned inward, it is an unconquerable enemy. You are unique among your brothers. For you choose to face this enemy alone. But as you face it, do not forget them. And do not forget me. I am here, my son.